Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to episode number six of The Richest Man in Babylon by George S. Clausen. In the previous episodes, we discussed the first three cures that Arkad imparted to the hundred men that gathered before him. He did so in accordance with the proposition of the king Sarkon. The king wanted Arkad to impart the tools that or the knowledge that he learned in order to build and sustain wealth over a long period of time. In the first three cures, we learned the simple steps how you can accumulate wealth, control expenditure, and multiply your wealth over a long period of time. In this episode, we will discuss the fourth and the fifth cure. Now, the fourth cure is titled Guard Thy Treasure from Loss. Our card starts with saying, it is wise that we first secure small amounts and learn to protect them. Once you have started the process of saving, that was the first cure, budgeting according to the second cure, and multiplying your wealth according to the third cure, you have a certain amount of money that is left over after accounting for all of your expenditure. Now you would want to multiply it, right? That's, that's, that's just a natural tendency. And you would often want to multiply it at, in the quickest possible time frame and with the maximum possible return. This chapter gives you a few suggestions in order to not be so hasty and greedy when trying to multiply your wealth. Now, he says, every owner of gold is tempted by opportunities whereby it would seem that he could make large sums of money by its investment in the most implausible projects. Now, we often have these opportunities that we get once, uh, especially by people whom we know, once we have told them that, hey, listen, I have a few amount, uh, a few uh, a thousand, 10,000 rupees lying around and I can multiply it in and I'm looking for opportunities to multiply it. And we're often swayed by people we trust who have entered opportunities that may have worked for them depending on their time frame, but might not work for you. And the first sound principle that our card advises, this book advises, is security for the principle. The principle is the amount that you're staking, not the returns that you get over it. Always ensure that the amount that you're staking, the amount that you're investing, the amount that you're letting go is secure at the end of the investment process. Because the penalty of risk is probable loss, right? He suggests, Study carefully before parting with thy treasure each assurance that it may be safely reclaimed. Be not misled by thine own romantic desires to make wealth rapidly. We always want to make wealth rapidly. That's why we have, we're inundated with multiple opportunities, especially in the financial world, because the unique thing about finance is you might be worth 100 today and you can be worth a million tomorrow. But and you, everybody wants to have that 100 to a million switch. And in finance, it's possible. In very, in very few fields can you go from nothing to the greatest in, in a short span of time. But the risks that finance give you are, are as much as the rewards. And the rewards are improbable. The risks are very, very, very probable. Therefore, our card says, before you entrust any investment in any field, acquaint yourselves with the, with the dangers that beset it. Before you trust anyone, ask yourself two things. One is their ability to pay or repay. 
Second is their reputation for doing so. He recites a story that we uh, encountered in chapter two, where he entrusted a certain amount with Azmur, the bricklayer, to buy and sell jewels. Now, he didn't know that a bricklayer would, uh, wouldn't have known about jewels at all. I mean, that should be common knowledge, but he was greedy to multiply his wealth and he jumped on any opportunity as unrealistic as it may have seemed at the time. But he le learned his lesson and he advises that be not too confident of thy own wisdom in entrusting thy treasures to the possible pitfalls of investment. And when seeking advice, always seek advice from wise men, always seek advice from men who have had poor experiences and have learned from them. Always seek their advice and never, ever, ever entrust your investment to someone who's telling you something that seems too good to be true because more often than not, it is. Three things that I would advise in order to look out for if someone's giving you a quote-unquote opportunity of a lifetime is one, if they tell you an opportunity, it's an opportunity of a lifetime. If it is, why haven't more people jumped on it? Why isn't the seller jumping on it himself or herself? Why are they giving you, a fairly unknown person, the opportunity of a lifetime? Second is if they tell you that this is only valid for a short period of time. If they say, if you do it within the next 10 days, within the next 15 days, this offer expires, something like that. That's a pretty rudimentary sales pitch that we should be aware of. Third, if they offer you extraordinary returns, if anybody tells you anything like 3x your money, 2x your money, 120% of your returns, that is something that you need to be watchful of. An average return based on any benchmark index is about 10 to 15%. Anything above that is great. Anything like three times or four times that is something that you should be wary of and something that you should do a lot of study before you impart your money to that. Therefore, the fourth cure for a lean purse is prevent the loss of your capital and guard it from being emptied at any point of time. Be wary of the opportunities. And in Arkad's words, he concludes, guard thy treasure from loss by investing only where thy principle is safe, where it may be reclaimed if desirable, and where thou will not fail to collect a fair rental not a, an immense, incredible opportunity of a lifetime. The fifth cure is titled, make of thy dwelling a profitable investment. Of course, here they're talking about the house that you live in. This might be a chapter that may be a little, that may, may different people might take in different ways given the excessive costs of housing uh, everywhere in the world, but Nonetheless, this chapter is advising you to quote unquote, own thy home, right? Um, Arkad starts off this chapter by saying, if a man seth it aside nine parts of his earnings upon which to live and enjoy life, and if any part of his nine parts, he can turn into a profitable investment without detriment to his well-being, then so much faster will his treasures grow. And he continues, that all too many of our men of Babylon do raise their families in unseemly quarters. They do not pay to exacting land, they, they pay to exacting landlords illiberal rentals for room, where that the family does not have enough room to live. 
no man's family can fully enjoy life unless they do have a plot of ground wherein children can play in the clean earth. Therefore, he advises us, do I recommend that every man own the roof that sheltered him and his? Now, this is, again, he's advising that this is a goal that every person, regardless of the point of their life, uh, work, to, uh, work to receive or to achieve after a point. Now, this can be in the form of living on, re on rentals, and accumulating, in, accumulating enough in order to buy a house or getting a loan and paying off the loan by living in the said house. Now, both of these are possible ways to do this. And this is just based on the recitation of this particular chapter. But again, currently house prices are incredibly, incredibly high wherever we live, especially in large, uh, fairly popular cities, both in India and other parts of the world. And that might not be the first thing in anyone's mind, but I would like to take this opportunity to go back to a lesson that was uh, taught in, in one of the best books about investing, The Intelligent Investor by Benjamin Graham, who, who, who's seen as the father of value investing. He says that before venturing into investing, I advise people to buy or at least in the in the be in the process of buying or owning a home because a home is by all accounts the biggest investment that you will ever make in your life um, and it's something that you will stick to for a very long time so if you can stick to something like that for a very long period of time pay it off and continue to live a life then you have understood the perils of large-scale investing risky investing and paying off a debt burden that is that is going to have been an incredibly hard uh, task. Therefore, it does relate somewhat to this chapter and I will go on. Readily may thou borrow to pay the brick maker and the builder for such commendable purposes if thou can show a reasonable portion of necessary sum which you have provided for the purpose. He suggests it is possible for you to take a loan in order to do this. Again, this is advice that is, is present in the book. It is not something that I would or you should take if not, if you haven't done due diligence or you aren't in the position to own a property or own a home. But this is what he suggests. And he suggests that each payment of this loan or of this, this, this sacrifice that you are taking for the long run each payment will reduce your indebtedness and a few years will go on before you satisfy the period and own your home. Then will the heart be clad because thou wilt own thy own right, a, a valuable property and thy only cost will be <laughs> taxes. He concludes this chapter by saying, thus come many blessings to the man who owneth his own house and greatly will it reduce his cost of living, making available more of his earnings for pleasures and the gratification of his desires. This then is the fifth cure for a lean purse. Own thy own home. That is all from this episode. In the next episode, we will go through the last of the two cures that Arkar has laid down. Thank you for listening. This is Akash. And again, if there's any way I can improve, please let me know. Out.